Hey everyone, welcome to the Torn ACL Recovery Podcast. My name is Chris Arnold, and this is a short series podcast that follows my personal journey from ACL injury back to full strength. In it, I discuss the ups, downs, and everything in between in the days, weeks, and months after surgery. Hopefully this will help you in your own process to getting well after injury. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast, month 24, year two, encore update, encore episode. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for the support and the push in the right direction to the group on Reddit, uh, the subreddit ACL was always a huge help to me when I was going through my recovery, especially in the first year. Um, So this is all I can do to give back and to continue to provide updates on how things have been going with my recovery process. On this episode, what I want to do is talk about some second year observations, what's been going on from year one to year two. I want to jump into some hardships and realities. Um, And this kind of touches on a theme that I've discussed more or less off and on the entire podcast series, which has to do with this isn't easy. Uh, There are some realities that aren't really spoken about uh, all that much. I want to talk about some of those. I also want to plant the seed about an interview with my wife, Sarah, who was the caretaker in the first few days and weeks and months. She helped me out a whole lot. So take a look, keep your eyes peeled for another episode I'm going to be releasing in addition to the two-year update with Sarah kind of going over a few questions and getting her perspective on how everything went for her during the recovery process. I also want to talk about returning to sport or returning to sports if you're a multi-sport athlete. That's been interesting. There's been a lot to kind of think about and consider there. I'll have a a few ramblings there to discuss. I have a couple notes here that I've written down about that. And then finally, before we wrap up, I want to, you know, kind of touch on these unspoken uncertainties that, that, that existed after month one, after month six, after year one. Um, And and truthfully, they still exist today. So I want to talk about what those are. Uh, They may change a little bit. They may, they may have evolved, uh, but they're still there. So let's, uh, let's jump right into it. Okay. So right out of the gate, the easiest things for me to cover are going to be just the general observations. How did I feel? What was my body doing? How was my knee reacting in the second year? And and what did that just sort of feel like compared to the first year, the first six months? When I look back, I think about the first six months as being really, really difficult, very trying period, a lot of ups and downs, immense progress. You know, when you think about time and how quickly time moves, those first few months, I felt like day after day after day, time was moving very, very slowly. And there really wasn't an end in sight, if that makes sense. Beyond six months, I would say six months to a year, things felt a lot better, right? The knee was less sore. The body was getting back to sport or sports a little bit more gracefully. And all in all, the body was just reacting more efficiently, right? You get to a point where you're used to it. Your body's getting back into it. Your knee is getting back into it. If you're sticking to your rehab, things are going to start to increase in speed. And we talk about day-to-day or week-to-week early on, um, you know, as you saw with the podcast cadence, things don't change that drastically between month eight and month nine or month nine 
and month, month 10. And certainly as I got into year two, uh, that timeline just extends out even longer, right? So, you know, 12 months wasn't all that different from 16 months or 18 months. But when I compare month 24 to month 12, well, the, the difference is, is fairly significant. So when I look back at, you know, let's say the spring and summer of, of for me, what was 2019, which is my second year, I really began to feel like I was hitting my stride. I was able to do longer cycling rides, um, deeper endurance efforts, pushing the body, um, and really getting my, my full strength back or feeling like I had that full strength back. The same thing really held true for CrossFit efforts. And this is really something that came into play, I would say the second half of my second year. So late 2019, uh, maybe the last three months of 2019 into the first few months of 2020, where with, with CrossFit, which is, you know, for me, it's community and my wife is a CrossFitter. I have good friends and it's a way for me to move away from the, the singularity and the sometimes loneliness of an endurance sport like cycling allows me to move into a gym and be around other people. And I was really noticing the knee was reacting really well to harder efforts and harder workouts and and more specifically heavier weight. Now, one of the biggest things that I've struggled with, and maybe the number one thing that I've struggled with, with my knee post-op has been the terminal flexion. So this idea of ass to the grass is something that is still nagging me and feels a little bit unattainable at this point, which is very frustrating. I'll talk a little bit more that about that at the end of the, uh, of the episode, but that really played into what I was doing at CrossFit. Now with CrossFit, I ended up doing a lot more squatting exercises, heavy squats, a lot of repetitions and kind of building up through a system. If you're not familiar with uh, some of the intricacies of CrossFit, no worries there. Um, there is a, a platform or a program out there called CompTrain. And CompTrain is basically a, a website you can go and get free daily workouts. But they, they have these tracks where, depending on what you're training for, you can actually jump into um, squatting efforts. And, and when they go through strength programming, you go through these waves of squatting heavier and heavier and heavier weight. And I really hadn't tested my knee to that degree in year one. By year two, I was ready to do that. Uh, by about 18 months, I said, okay, I want to start to test this thing and see what it can do. And I actually started getting to the point where I was setting PRs both in my front squat and in my back squat and just feeling stronger altogether. Now that was a really, really great feeling. And I think it highlights how our bodies rebound after this ACL surgery, especially if you're sticking to it, especially if you're sticking to the rehab, which we all know is a difficult thing to do. But I saw that and I saw the, I saw the way it came through for me. And that was a really terrific thing later in, I would say mid to later in year two. I never thought that that was going to happen, but everyone I had spoken to who had been through this before said it will just give it time. Um, and it in fact did, did eventually happen. Let's transition to some of the hardships and realities of this process still though. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm into my third year now. I just surpassed year two. And when I reflect on the first couple of years, um, 
in the first few months again with Sarah, and I'll bring her on for uh, an interview here in a few minutes. Um, I think when I, when I think of this theme of hardships or realities, I, I think of things just never really have felt the same since before the surgery. And I think a lot of the blogs you read, a lot of the YouTube videos you watch, um, really they try to paint this rosy picture like everything's going to be perfect again and you're going to be back to full strength and you're going to be running at 100%, not really thinking about your knee anymore. Now, I don't want to discredit those because I do think that for some people that may be true, um, but I'm of the opinion that that's not typically what a lot of people are facing. I think a lot of people carry baggage, emotional, physical forward from that date of surgery. And it's, it's kind of a rocky road to figure out a way forward that feels good, that feels comfortable and that gets your mind off of kind of, you know, what you went through with your knee. Now, when I think back to the first few months and the first year, a lot of hardships there, a lot of ups and downs, just specifically with working out with rehab, kind of the slow grind of when am I ever going to feel good again? When am I ever going to get strength back? And I would say into year two, it's more about, I should be here or I should be doing this, or my knee should be feeling like this. And I think time and time again, in the last year, I felt like, man, my knee should be performing better, or it shouldn't be sore today. Or why does this still feel sore? You know, those types of thoughts are, are very cyclical in that the more you have them, the more you start to feel a bit depressed, truthfully. Now, thankfully, I didn't ever jump into really deep depression about my rehab uh, process, but I know a lot of people do, and I know that's a challenge for a lot of people. And, and all I can say there is it's normal, it's natural to not feel like you're at 100%. I'm, I'm here talking, um, you know, from the year two marker and I still don't feel truly 100% like nothing happened. And I don't know that I ever will. Maybe there'll be a, a year three podcast and I'll see, be singing, you know, a different tune, but for the moment, I just don't know that that's going to be, I just don't know that that's going to be something that turns into reality. So my hardship and my reality after year two is really just coming to the coming to the conclusion that everything isn't going to be perfect today or tomorrow. And it's just a slow, a slow, long road. And that's okay. And I have to be okay with that. And I think if anyone else is going through that, you also have to be okay with that and do what you can to move forward, to live a fun life, to live a fruitful life and still do as much of the, you know, outdoor sporting type activities that you did before. Okay, this is actually a good moment to remind you of a couple things that I have put together as a part of this ACL Recovery Podcast. The first thing is the Guide to Supplements for ACL Recovery. It's a, it's a long forum blog post, article, guide, as I'm calling it, to the different supplements that I use to get back to full strength. It is a guide to understand what these different supplements are meant for. And to be honest, I use all of those supplements still to this day. Um, It's been a great tool for me to do the research and then to share that with everyone else as well. So take a look at that. Also for the cyclists in the room or for those that just want to have an alternative way to recover after ACLR, 
I recommend you take a look at the ACL Rehab Cycling Program that is also available. Now, let's be clear, I am not your doctor. I am not a doctor, but I do have a lot of experience with both cycling and with recovering from this ACL surgery. So go ahead and take a look at that. It covers a lot of information around Watts-based training that really allows you to understand by the numbers how well you're doing and to track your progress as you're gaining your strength back. Right now, I want to kind of pivot into a few things that were brought up to me on the Reddit ACL forum, um, and that that has to do with return to sport or return to sports. For me, my big two are cycling and CrossFit, and I would say on the on the majority, uh, I'm I'm back to 100% with both cycling and CrossFit, um, with a couple asterisks there, um, specifically on the CrossFit side. So let me start with CrossFit in that psychologically, um, I'm a hundred percent. I feel good. I like CrossFit. Um, no issues there. I'm not going into a workout feeling like, Oh man, can I do this? Will my body hold up? I don't think about it at all. Um, as long as I have a good warm up and I stretch and I'm feeling good to go, I'm not thinking about my knee one bit. And that's great. Physically, however, I would say that my my biggest hang up with CrossFit is that I still maintain some tightness in my knee. Um, I still maintain some some semblance of hamstring deficiency, hamstring strength deficiency. Um, if you've been following the podcast at all, you know that I had a hamstring graft, which is you know perhaps not surprising if that was new information to you. But um, having the hamstring graft uh, clearly created a deficit um, on the backside of the legs, which has been at times somewhat frustrating. Even today, I will go through and do what I consider at this point uh, maintenance exercises, which I link to those uh, videos in the article blog post for the month 24 podcast. So feel free to take a look at those. I still think they're really helpful. But, but what I find is I, I go to the CrossFit gym, I do a really great workout, I'm feeling really good, honestly, uh, psychologically and physically, but if I, if I start to go back to the basics and I do some of these really basic drills and um, arguably really easy stuff, I still feel it. And I still feel if I don't maintain and do those every few weeks um, and I fall off for, let's say, a month, let's say for a month I don't do any of these exercises either for my hamstring or just for uh, single leg stability, I will get back to doing those and I'll realize how deficient I feel on the one leg. And that's both a bit eye-opening and honestly somewhat shocking because I don't know that that's really talked about all that much in long-term ACL rehabilitation. And that's something that my strength and conditioning coach Cody, who's on a previous episode, really hammered home for me is that if you don't stick to these exercises, you can go out, you can feel great doing CrossFit or playing basketball or, or cycling or whatever your sport is. And then you realize though, that you're really working with a deficiency and you might not know it. So it's really important. I've found at the two year mark here to really check in and be honest with myself that maybe I'm not a hundred percent up to par like I should be. And 
what does 100% mean? That's a really tricky thing to, to dig into, but you know, I need to make sure that I'm still conditioning the, the muscles, um, that are really the, the, the basics and the foundation of what I want to do at large. And I think that was a really important takeaway that truthfully, I just was reminded of in the last month or so that that needs to be something I continue to do moving forward. Now, when it comes to what that feels like, that not 100% feeling, what does that feel like? You may be wondering for me, it is, let's say I'm doing a hamstring curl. My non-involved leg will feel great. I can do a set of eight or 10 and have no issues, but I might get to rep four or five on my involved leg and my hamstring will start to cramp up. And that is something where I know, okay, I haven't done this enough recently. My hamstring is not ready for this. It's not prepared for this. It's not used to this. And I know it's sort of falling behind. Another example would be just quite simply knee pain. If I do a workout where I'm doing some sort of single leg or high rep movement and my knee is a, a very big part of the workout, you know, that evening and sometimes the next morning, I'll feel sore and I'll feel stiff. And that's something that just has to be taken into consideration and is something that I, that I do think about still to this day, two years after the surgery, which is again, something that I don't think is really spoken about too much. When it comes to cycling, for me, cycling is very different in that it's low impact. It was terrific to use in rehab, amazing tool to get strength back in the quadriceps and to some degree, the calf muscles, um, to a lesser degree, the hamstring, but if you're clipped in, it's still a great way to get that strength back and start to, to pull that, um, operative leg into, uh, the flow with, uh, the non-involved leg. Um, it was, it was great for that. Cycling wise, I'm back to hundred um, percent. I'm riding stronger than I ever have before. I feel great. Um, and so psychologically and physically, I still feel good there on the physical side. I don't have a ton of tightness. I don't have a lot of hamstring soreness after a long ride. If anything, for me, it's kind of, you know, back and neck pain, but that's to be expected. Um, having not done that for, for a time. So all things considered, return to sport has been great, and I and I continue to move forward, being positive about it, with a few caveats, and those are what I mentioned before about maintenance. Now let me let me wrap up and pivot into a space that I'm just calling what what comes after two years. I think there's a lot of information out there about pre pre surgery, prehab, surgery day, post surgery the first few months after surgery and these these mile markers or mile posts of where you should be at certain months and what are these things that you should be able to accomplish that may or may not have lined up with you or perhaps you're in it right now and they're not necessarily lining up with you. I think the the biggest theme of all of the themes that I still feel rings true for the ACL recovery and the, and the ACL recovery podcast series is that there are a lot of uncertainties about how your body is going to react. There are a lot of uncertainties around how you're going to recover. And I think for me, one of the biggest symbols of that just remains the fact that I can't yet do full terminal flexion. I'm two years in. I feel like I should have been able to accomplish that 18 months ago, you know, 
20 months ago and I haven't been able to do it. And for me, that's my thing. That's my sticking point. And for you, that might be cake, but maybe you're still having trouble extending your leg completely. Maybe you're still having trouble doing some of the, the basic exercises in, in the rehab process. Whatever that is, I think you need to be sure to check yourself and to tell yourself, this is okay. It's not gonna last forever, but I need to stick with it and keep my mind right to move forward, to get to the best place possible with my progress. And as I look ahead for myself into year three, I think I'm not happy with this and what can I do to get better? How can I, how can I massage differently? How can I rehab differently? How can I impact my knee differently so that maybe something in here will tweak slightly and I can break the mold of having some difficulty coming to terminal flexion? That's just one example of, I'm sure, hundreds and potentially thousands of examples out there for different patients, different people that are dealing with something that is just nagging them. And the biggest thing that I can say is that uncertainty is 100% normal. So as you move forward in your recovery process, I not only wish you the best of luck in that, but I want you to know that it's okay not to be perfect and it's okay not to line up with every single milestone along the way. It's okay to have bad days. It's okay to have a bad week. It's okay to get back to an exercise that was easy a couple months ago and now it seems impossible. It's just a reminder of how our bodies are working and it's just a reminder of how that maintenance will play a role in our lives moving forward. So to those that may still be listening out there, I really appreciate your support and I really appreciate your feedback. Don't forget that this is all a unique process. There are some similarities, but we all have our own specific journeys that we're on. And at times they're not the most fun, but we're going to get through it together. So thanks for listening. I wish you well. And until next time.